0: Our scripture reading for our lesson this evening is coming from Psalms chapter 46, verse one to three and verse seven, and also Psalms 121, verse one to three. Psalm 46, verse one to three and verse seven says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roars and are troubled, though the mountain be shaken with swells, the Lord of hosts is with me. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Psalms 121, verse 1 to 3. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence my help comes. My help comes from the Lord, who made the heavens and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Amen. While in the military, my family and I did a lot of traveling around the world. We saw many cultures, different cultures, and we met many different people. I have learned throughout our travel that people are hurting spiritually, even those who by worldly standards have great wealth, fame, fortune, yet something is still missing in their lives. We read in the newspaper or hear in the nightly news of horrible crimes, mass shooting that were committed, and of people committed suicide in record numbers. Let me give you some stats that I came across. And I tell you, I was shocked when I came across this. It said in the United States, on average, over 42,000 people commit suicide each year. 42,000. The state of Georgia alone has an average of 972 suicides each year making it the ninth ranking state in America. Let that sink in for a second. Why? Why is this happening? Well, I believe it's because they have lost all hope. I have personally known five people over the years who have committed suicide. Why? Well, a love affair gone bad, money problems, and PTSD. People need help. People need the Lord. Now, with all this turmoil going on around us, people need to know that all is not lost. There is help. Help from above. And it's up to you and I as God's children to carry the message of hope to as many lost souls as we can. We are commanded to do no less in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Now, some folks I've talked to seem to conclude that God is too far away and too busy running the universe to care very much for us, that Jesus had already done all that he can do, and that the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with us since the days of inspiration are over. I even had one gentleman tell me that there is no God. That's sad. This leads one to depend on himself, but what he really needs is help from above. When a person relies on himself, there is no hope. We need to know and let others in dire situations know that help is available. We have help from above. We have divine help. My lesson this evening is titled, Help from, from Above. I will briefly cover four areas. Number one, Jesus give rest for the weary. Number two, we have divine help during temptations. Number three, we have divine help in our efforts to pray. And number four, we have divine help available to us when we fall into sin. You see, when all the promises made by man come to nothing, we can take comfort in knowing that Jesus is there for each of us, for he gives rest for the weary. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to verse 30, Jesus turned to the crowd and extended what is often called the Great Invitation, where he says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. So true rest is found in Christ Jesus. He is our divine help in time of need. So when you feel like this life has gotten the better of you, Jesus says, take my yoke. When you feel like you can't go on, Jesus says, take my yoke and learn from me. When trials and tribulations come and you feel like giving up, Jesus is still saying, take my yoke and learn from me. You will find rest for your soul. Now this tells me that we ought to put our trust in the Lord and not rely on our our own feelings and emotions. You see, sometimes our emotions get the better of us. And what do we do? We lash out. It is these times when we need to take a step backwards and assess the situation, and ask ourselves these two questions. Is my attitude Christ-like? If not, I must change that behavior. Or am I displaying the proper Christian attitude? If not, I need to change that behavior. I must put my trust not in my feelings, not in emotions, but in the Lord, Proverbs 3. Verse 5 and 6 tells us this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Jesus gives rest for the weary. We must always trust in him and learn from him. Why? Because he has the words of eternal life. John chapter 6 and verse 68. So while talking to his disciples, Jesus said this in John 14 and verse 1. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus give rest for the weary. Therefore, we as God's children are to cast all our cares upon him. Why? Why? because he cares for you, First Peter 5 and verse 7. So, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he shares on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he stands, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Jesus gives rest for the weary. We ought to trust in him. Number two, we have divine help Doing temptation. Now, first thing we need to understand is that, is that being tempted is not a sin. Temptation is the act of trying to get someone to do wrong by the promise of a reward. You see, our Lord was tempted. We read about his temptation in passages like Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11, Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 13. Yet, he did not sin. Hebrews 4 and verse 15. Now, Brother Thomas did an outstanding job this morning of explaining this subject. Okay. But the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 18, he says this. For in that he himself has suffered, that's Jesus. He himself has suffered. Being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So, since our Lord was tempted, we should not be surprised or discouraged when we are tempted. Again, temptation is not a sin. Giving in to or yielding to temptation is sin. Again, James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, that Brother Thomas used again this morning. You see, Adam and Eve were perfect until they yielded. Innocent desire is not wrong. However, the gratification thereof is sin. Genesis 3 and verse 6 in the case of Adam and Eve. Hunger is legitimate. Nehemiah 9 and verse 15. But gluttony is wrong. Proverbs 23 and verse 21. Sexual intimacy is legitimate. Only in marriage. Hebrews 13 and verse 4. But fornication and adultery are sinful. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Galatians 5, 19 and 21. We will be tempted, but we need not give in to temptation. Why? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 these words It says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Now, in verse 13, or prior to verse 13, Paul is warning the brethren at Corinth about falling away as the Israelites had done in the wilderness. Read about that in Exodus, the 32nd chapter. You see, Israel was out of Egypt, but Egypt was not out of Israel. See, Paul is warning us, yes, we will be tempted in this life, but we need not fall. Why? Because we have divine help. God will not allow you to be tempted beyond your control. He will provide a way of escape. How? How? How are we going to escape? Where well, we read verses like James chapter 4 and verse 7, which says, Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil. And the Bible says he's going to flee from you. Submit to God means to yield or to surrender oneself to the will of God. Only then are we able to resist. You see, the devil cannot conquer us if we continue to resist. God never permit him to conquer the man who continue to resist. You see, he cannot force the human will. So one who is submissive to God is able to resist. Resist Satan and the temptation that so often come our way. Someone once said, I think I heard this from my great-grandmother. But she said, an idle mind is the devil's playprint or something close to that. Now, there's some truth in that comment. They say, therefore, since we know that the idle mind is the devil's playpen, we must busy ourselves with the things of God. (laughs) See, the apostle, by inspiration, said what we should do. And Philippians Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, where he says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, Philippians 4 and verse 8. We ought to busy ourselves with the things of God. We have divine help in time of temptation. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. So the Lord is our ally in our battle with temptation, for he is able to aid those who are being tempted. Again, Hebrews 2 and verse 18. We need to meditate to set our minds on those things which are above, Colossians 3 and verse 2. Since we, have, since we are what we think in our hearts, Proverbs 23 and verse 7, We must drive evil thoughts out of our minds, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. And since our thoughts are stimulated by what we see and what we read and what we hear, we must be vigilant in those three areas. So when temptation comes, we can overcome. Remember, we can do all things through Christ. who strengthening us, Philippians 4 and verse 13. So, yield not to temptation. For yielding to sin. Each victory will help you some others to win. Fight manly onward. Dark passions subdue. Look ever to Jesus. He will carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. Number three. We have help in our efforts to pray. Now, in its simplest definition, prayer literally means man talking to God. And we have help in our prayer life. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Romans 8, 26 and 27, said this. Likewise, the Spirit also helped in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray. We should not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself make intercession for us, with groaning which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit, because he make intercession for the saints, according to the will of Almighty God. Sometimes, listen, sometimes, Sometimes we be so moved with emotion during prayer. We don't always say the right words or convey the right thoughts. It is during these times when the Spirit helps us by delivering those words and those thoughts to the Father in ways that are understood by Him. It may be that sometimes we get to the place where we don't know what we should pray for. If so, the Holy Spirit will know and seeing all distress, stress will catch up our unfinished prayer and correctly present it before the throne of God. And surely it will receive immediate attention. 1 Peter 3 and verse 12. Now knowing this, knowing that we have divine help from the Holy Spirit, we can approach the throne of God with confidence. 1 John 5 and verse 14. Now this is confidence that we have in him that when we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. But we have to have the right motive during prayer. James 4 and verse 3 tells us that. And Philippians 4 and verse 6-7, Paul writes to the church in Philippi to us today. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and a peace of God which surpass all understanding, will guide your heart and minds through Jesus Christ. Now, since we know that we have divine help in time of prayer, we need to be a praying people. We have to pray in the morning when you first wake up, thanking God for allowing us to see another day. We have to pray at the noontime. We have to pray in the evening. We are to pray at bedtime. Pray when you're happy. Pray when you're sorrow. In sorrow. Pray when tempted. Pray all the time. Paul will say to the church in Thessalonica, pray without ceasing. And also the church in Colossae, continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant in it. Colossians 4 2 and 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 70. Wednesday night, we had study on prayer. Brother Jack Faber and Nancy were telling us in class that they have a uh, plaque display in their house and they have two and one of them reads, a day hymned. Hymned in prayer will seldom unravel. And the second one says, pray hardest when it's hardest to pray. I thought I would share that with you because that said a lot to me. We ought to be a praying people. And number four, Number four. we have divine help when we fall into sin. The Apostle John, by inspiration, stressed this truth in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, where he says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Jesus is our advocate. He will intercede for us when we fall into sin. But there is something that we must do. We must repent and confess our sins. When we do that, we have the forgiveness that John talks about in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, tells us this. Therefore, he is able to save to the utmost those who come to him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. A few years ago, a gospel preacher, a friend of mine, by the name of Don Sullivan, he said this in one of his sermons. He said, God will judge all the secret of men according to the gospel. Now, this is a true statement for Romans chapter 2 and verse 16 confirm this truth. But the thing that I remember is this. Now, following his sermon, a brother came up to him and said, If this is so, if God is going to judge the secret of men according to the gospel, he said, I have no hope. Listen. Now this brother had forgotten such passages like Romans 2.16. Like 1 John 1 verse 7 to 10. Like Colossians 1 and verse 27. That confirm that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is our hope. You see? In our psalm book, there's a song that sung. It speaks of this hope as Psalm number 438. And no, Brother Howell, I'm not going to sing that song. But what I will do is uh, share the words with you because I think it goes with the lesson here. Hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. We must never forget, we must always remember that the Lord is with us. He is our helper. You see, his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Second Peter 1 and verse 3. So this passage suggests to me that we as God's children have received once for all the standard needed for all spiritual and ethical guidance. that is, The word of God. It is the word of almighty God that equip us for every good word. 2 Timothy 3 in verse 15 and 16 confirm this truth, where it says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correctness for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every every good work. So if you're not a Christian, I want you to know this evening that divine help is available to you. Don't despair, all is not lost. There is help from above. Let me give you this simple illustration. A young lady in England, well, she wanted to join her sweetheart in America, but she was too poor to buy a ticket and passport for her flight to America. However, at last she did come to America to marry her sweetheart. How? Well, she had help from the other side. See, her sweetheart sent her the necessary funds. See, without his loving concern and his help from the other side, she could not have come. It was a free gift from him, a free gift based on his love for her. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, we read about the greatest love story ever told. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent Jesus from the other side, from heaven itself. He demonstrated his own love towards us by sending his only begotten son, Romans 5, 8, who paid the price for our sins, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20. The price was paid at Calvary's cross. Now with his help, we can reach the other side, heaven itself. Without help from the other side, without help from above, we could never, never reach heaven. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6 and verse 23. Jesus came from above to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke 19. And verse 10. There is a song. It's not in our songbook. It's called He Still Came. The first time I read, I heard that song, it touched me. Now, I'm a hardcore military guy, and it takes a lot to get to me, but this song did. And I want to share it with you because I think it says a lot. We're talking about Jesus, our Lord, here. Listen closer. It says, No palace, no jewel, no kingdom to rule, no crown of majesty, no throne and no robe, no silver, no gold, no courts of royalty. Yet the king of kings left heaven to become a lowly man. He left all heaven's glory to fulfill his father's plan. No family, no friends, to help in the end. No out, no substitute. Much pain and much hurt to give love and worth. He bore our sins and grief. Yet the hope of what he offered so outweighed what must be done. He chose to be my victor and assure my pardon one. He still came just for me. He still came. Knowing all he will endure, he still came. Disregarding every cost, from the manger to the cross, he still came just for me. He still came. Powerful words that speak so clearly the love of Christ for the lost soul of mankind. Yes, Jesus gives rest for the weary. Yes, we have divine help. During temptation. Yes we have help. When we need prayer. And yes we have help. When we fall into sin. See God's desire is. That all men to be saved. And to come to a knowledge. Of the truth. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4. Will all men come to God. To be saved? No. But you have an invitation tonight. No. So the invitation is extended to you. In order for one to be saved, one must obey the gospel of Christ. If you're not in Christ, why not? Will you come to Jesus this evening, believing that he is the Christ, the Son of Almighty God? John 8, verse 24, Mark 16, Matthew 16, 16. Repenting of your sins, Luke 13, 3, Luke 13, 5. Confessing your faith in Jesus as the Christ, Romans ten nine, and be buried and be baptized with him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Matthew 28, 19. For the remission of sins, Acts 2 and verse 38. After these conditions are met, you are now a child of God, a new creation, Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Walk henceforth and newness of life, Romans 6-4. With God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God all accessible to help you in your Christian walk, we encourage you to respond to the Lord's invitation. It may be that you are a Christian, but the cares of this life has gotten the best of you, and you've fallen short, and you know it. Now, if that's true on your part, we encourage you to make it right tonight. I often say in my classes, if you sin on Thursday, don't wait till Sunday morning or Sunday evening to come forward. You confess it and repent of it right then and there. Don't get a devil foothold. We encourage you to make things right tonight. Make it right, right now, as we stand and as we sing the song of